We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome back, everyone, to another Welcome to the J podcast. I am your host, Jahans Maniga, a.k.a. 12. Before we get into it today, make sure you like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network. As always, you get content such as this one. I love doing what I do, which is representing my alma mater. Our different uh, hosts of their podcast love doing what they do, which is representing their alma maters. And I feel like you should all make sure to get in on that action. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe to the Field of 68 Media Network so you can get content just like I'm doing today. We have my producer, Jack Hanson-Reed, back onto the podcast today. I love these episodes with you, Jack. First of all, how have you been? If you, for you guys who don't know or don't remember, Jack is the drummer uh, on the Jays band. He's front row at every game. He's obviously was front row at the Big East Tournament and the NCAA Tournament uh, out in Texas with the boys. Jack, welcome back to Omaha. How are you doing, brother? Thanks, man. Good to be here. And it's been a wild week. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a crazy wild week. And obviously with March Madness, there's been so much good basketball to watch. The Jays included on both the men's and the women's side. Jays fans, we have a lot to be proud of. And the future is so bright for both programs. We're definitely going to get into all of that. Uh, Jack is a senior this year. So this means it was his last run at an NCAA tournament. His last run as a, at the Big East tournament. And then obviously playing for the Jays in Omaha. How are you feeling knowing that, like, you know, all that you've put in time for, all that you've worked so hard for is kind of coming to a close? You know, it's, it's tough, but I think it wasn't the result we were looking for. But I, how could you not be motivated by the way this year ended, uh, especially what we were projected and the way we went out? I think everybody's just so incredibly proud. So uh, I think this is a great way to go out. And the program's in good hands. I mean, look at these underclassmen. They're so good. And... I said this in my last podcast with Matt DiMarinas. It feels like a guy like Arthur Kaluma, the bigger, the brighter the stage, the more he shows out. Uh, we're definitely going to talk to about him in this game versus Kansas. But first, we have to kind of do a little bit of a recap of what we saw on the men's side of everything in the NCAA tournament versus San Diego State University, the conspiracy bowl, as I like to call it, brother versus brother. How often did we hear it on the TV broadcast? Uh, the Jays come out on top, big time win, 72 to 69 in overtime. Uh, San Diego State was leading for most of the game. The Jays were down seven with about two minutes left, and they really rallied to come back into that game. 
you were front row watching everything that was going down. What was going through your heart, through your mind, as you saw the boys trap and press and turn the ball or turn San Diego State over uh, to force overtime? I mean, not to get ahead of ourselves, but honestly, like watching the Kansas game down to the last two minutes, I thought we had a better shot in that game. Uh, we really looked a little more disjointed against San Diego State. Credit to them, right? I mean, great defense, and they had great size. But I, I, we expected maybe the NCAA tournament would be a reset on the shooting and the offensive side. I'm coming off, like, I think 11% three-point shooting against Villanova. Uh, then San Diego State, 14% three-point shooting. And it was, it was gritty. It was tough. Uh, tons of credit to the team. I mean, it, when you rely on your defense, when you're a defensive squad, you're going to want to win those gritty and tough games. And they pulled it out. But I think it was a 6-0 run in 17 seconds in the last minute. So uh, this is a team that doesn't shy away from the big moments. And they did not shy away from the punches. I mean, San Diego State was throwing punches. Uh, and I think we're all proud of a squad that, after Kalkbrenner goes down, you know, can stick with it, right? Get those six, seven points in a row, send it to overtime. And this is a team that never quits, never put its head down for a second. Even when Cog, Big Cock went down, the team rallies around situations like that. I think it was Rob Anderson that tweeted how, you know, Cog uh, went down. I'm, I'm forgetting the game. The Jays rallied to come back from there. Uh, Ryan Nemhard goes down at St. John's. They rally and they win uh, uh, at UConn, sorry, or versus UConn at home, if I'm not mistaken. It was Alex O'Connell who went down with an ankle injury. The Jays rallied around down and win. And now again, big call goes down and the Jays come back and rally and win. What is it about this team that, you know, we've seen so much growth from them throughout the season. These are not games, in my opinion, that they win, you know, in November and December. But come down January, February, March, they find ways to win this, these games. So what was it about this team and the growth that you saw from them that has them able to win these close games down the stretch? I think it, it kind of boils down to what Coach Mack talks about. He says he's so proud of this group. And he kind of says it's one of the groups he's been most proud of. And for fans looking in, it can be puzzling at first because clearly not, you know, maybe the most talented group he's ever had or the most mature or the most, like, absolute game ready, right? I mean, people are younger and it's everybody's first year with each other. But I think it's an unparalleled level of mental toughness. I don't know if you would agree. You've got the, you know, the player perspective. But – there were five or six times during probably both of these games where I was like, ah, that's it. You know, get down six, the other team hits a three. You're kind of like, that's, that's probably the game, right? Eight minutes left. Uh, and this is a young squad that's faced a lot of adversity and they don't back down. Uh, so I think that's the thing that probably impresses me most about the group. Their mental toughness is something to behold for sure. Like I can only imagine being in those huddles. Like I, I know the message that Coach Mack is saying, like that is something that I'm very familiar with. But to go out on the floor and actually execute and to be able to pull games like this out, that's something completely different. So, yeah, the way that they are able to not only rally around their teammates, but also have this self-confidence to be able to make big plays down the stretch. Trey Alexander in that game against San Diego State is a big-time example of that. Not everything was going right for him until the last three minutes, all of a sudden, everything clicks. It's like he kind of realized that the game was dwindling down. He kind of put the team on his back in order to – get him back to even and in overtime made some big time plays obviously some key free throws got the steal at the end of the game to ice the game uh a big floater down the lane a big pull up down on the left baseline if i remember correctly i mean the kid was just awesome down the stretch 18 points five assists all together we talk about growth of this team because they are so young coach back has a saying that like once you get to December or January, you're no longer a freshman. I think like no other team has embodied that kind of mentality, obviously more than this team because they've had to rely on their young guys so much. So it's just so good to see all of it kind of come to fruition. And they, let's also remember, because you mentioned in the open that this team was preseason number eight in the Big East. This was supposed to be a rebuild for all intensive purposes. And these guys mess around and get to the Big East tournament final and win a game in the NCAA tournament. Going into the season, them making the tournament was kind of like a long shot for the quote-unquote experts in the media who chose them to be number eight. I said this was going to be bulletin board material for Coach Mack all year. I, I, find like I've, I feel like I was definitely right on the money with that prediction. How do you feel the boys should feel about their performance in this, this entire season? I mean, they shouldn't be more proud, right? Or they... They couldn't be more proud. Um, it's been incredible. And I think even fans are so proud because maybe we're not entirely surprised, right? I know people were insulted by that 
being picked eighth. And I certainly thought we'd finish higher, um, but we've really been surprised by individuals, right? Like who would have thought that most Big East teams would be happy with having Trey Alexander as their point guard when I didn't know he could play point and I wasn't sure right. how he played too, right? And so I'm looking at him at the end of the year. I'm like, that's a good point guard right there. Uh, and this is a role that I'm sure he wasn't even ready to take on. Um, you talk about Hawkins. I mean, who was ready for what he was going to do? Um, I did not see that coming. So I think, you know, is it, even if we, we always think there's going to be big things out of the team, you know, we're both biased. I've got the Jays win. March Madness <laughs> the, bracket. The most, you know, yeah. they take My bracket is messed up right now because of the Jays. <laughs> so I think it, you know, as loyal as Jays fans can be, uh, it can't mean any, couldn't mean any more to the players that um, your biggest fans and the people that are in your corner all the time uh, couldn't even predict how, how much you would accomplish in one season. So I think that speaks for itself. Uh, they should hold their heads up high. I mean, they did a lot of great things this year, right? It's crazy to think about us considering Trey to be a point guard. I remember like early on in the year, whenever he got a rebound, the initial thought in my head was like, give it to Ryan Nemhart, like give it to the point guard, let him run the show. Every once in a while, he'd grab a rebound and come off and start to break on his own which is good for a player's development. But as a selfish fan myself, I just want to see the Jays win. So I kept thinking to myself, get the rebound, give it to Ryan, run the lane, you know, like just like we were taught as the wings to do. As the season's progressing more and more, I'm like, man, this is the kind of ball. Like, go ahead, Trey, get the rebound and go by yourself. And then fast forward to where we're at now, it's just like everybody on the team, every Crane fan, you know, is comfortable with watching him dribble the ball up the court, organizing the offense making the proper reads offensively, getting to his spots, two-foot jump stop, pump fake, have a strong enough body as a freshman to finish with contact in the lane and have the confidence in an NCAA tournament game where all the chips are on the line to go drive down the middle, hit a tough floater to tie the game and send a, a game like that to overtime. So, I mean, kudos to the kid. He deserves all the praise, obviously. We're looking uh, for so much more from him as the future because one thing about Coach Mack, if you show him that you can do something, he's going to say something along the lines of like, you effed up, you messed up because you showed us that you can do this all the time. And now that is no longer, you know, like an outlier. Now that is the expectation. So yeah. we're going to be expecting big things from Trey, but that's only because he's earned those expectations from us. And I just can't wait to see how he's going to respond, him individually, how he's going to respond in the, in the years to come. Let's get to this uh, Kansas game. Um, yeah, because the injury that you mentioned about Cockburner going down certainly affected the Jays' rotation. They basically only played six Blue Jays. Uh, Keyshawn Fazell was uh, thrusted to that starting lineup, which means uh, Rati was the lone player to really come off the bench and play a significant minute for the Jays. A six-man rotation versus a number one seed Kansas and a team that's undermanned, losing its Big East Defensive Player of the Year. And also, quite a step, Cogbrenner's offense was really coming on big down the stretch in the season. Going into the game, knowing that Kalki wasn't going to be playing, what were your expectations for the Jays? I was worried, um, especially because of McCormick. Right, David McCormick is a big body down low. Um, <laughs> and I'm thinking like, you know, maybe we can draw up some kind of defensive scheme to keep the ball out of his hands or limit his touches. Um, but how long are we going to be able to sustain that, right, running that six-man rotation and you get one guy in foul trouble and then who's on McCormick, right? Is it Kaluma? Um, so I was thinking, you know, we're going to see Fizel for like 38 minutes uh, and we mm -hmm. see Fizel for 19 minutes. So Kaluma took the job uh, and yeah. McCormick finishes with seven and six. I was amazed. He almost, I mean, he was getting an offensive rebound here or there because you know, we're trying to go for the block on the first attempt, but they couldn't get any entry passes into him. Um, so I was insanely impressed um, with the game plan right on the defensive end, um, but also the execution. I mean, you talk about these guys. Uh, I think we had three players this tournament average over 40 minutes a game played, which is insane. Should be almost impossible. Um, <laughs> the resilience out of this squad, right? I mean, Hawkins had 45 in the first game and then 40 in the second game. I mean, and that guy's hitting shots. That guy's Scoring 20-plus uh, against number one Kansas, that's insane. It's great. Like, this is such a Coach Mack type of game plan. He is the master of yinging when everybody's yanging, of zigging when everybody's zagging. You would think that he would keep big bodies or his biggest body on the floor as much as possible, knowing that Cogbrenner goes down. He says, you know what? 
hey, I guess we're going to have to play small today. And as men, we're going to have to suck it up and really dig in defensively, help each other out, help each other box out and a rebound, which the Jays were actually able to do, keep Kansas off the offensive board as much as well as they did. We know Kansas left to crash the boards and get these second point opportunities. They eventually got one that really put the nail in the coffin for the Jays down the stretch. But throughout the entirety of the game, the Jays seemed to be essentially in control of everything that was going on, especially in the first half. Uh, it wasn't the first time, however, that we, he decided to put Kaluma on their biggest body. Kaluma's got some good strength on him. He's got a good body on him as well. So being able to push bigs out of the paint initially is something that he's actually really good at. And because he's quicker footed than most bigs, he's able to position himself to get in front, you know, to get three-quarter position, just like Coach Mack always preaches and teaches, uh, and allow his help to help him on the backside. So I, when I saw that that's what Coach Mack was doing, I was just like, again zigging when everyone's zagging uh and I think it just for the first half for sure kind of threw Kansas uh for a loop they had to do a lot of adjustments coming out of halftime in order to be able to be effective against that defense but again this was a great game plan put together by Coach Mack and the coaching staff they certainly deserve credit for that so what do you say about all of that and that's definitely true and I think we talked about Kaluma earlier in the year, and this is not the way we were talking about him. You know, not even a little bit, <laughs> we're seeing some flashes. He's not everything we thought just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to talk about growth. I mean, when we talk about the amount of energy he had to expend on the defensive end, I'm immediately mm-hmm. setting myself up in my head to be like, okay, so this guy's probably not going to have a big offensive day, but like, look at all these other things he's doing for the squad. Uh, he had 24 and 12, right? So he's yeah. doing it all. Uh, and this is somebody for much of the regular season, even non-conference games, who couldn't stay on the court because of foul trouble, and he played 40 minutes. Uh, I mean, yeah. you can ask anything else from a player, let alone a freshman. I mean, this is an exciting game for Kaluma fans, for Jays fans, because uh, if he can put that effort in every night against teams that aren't one seeds, I mean, that's going to be exciting next year. It's not even – it's not only 40 minutes, I should say. It's 40 minutes in the biggest game of the season when everything is on the line, a chance to go to the Sweet 16 for back-to-back years for the Jays. Kaluma puts it all out there. It doesn't take a breather at all, nor could the Jays afford for him to, let's be honest. No. Uh, with uh, – I have the stat down here. Throughout the entirety of the NCAA tournament, I guess the two games that the Jays played, guess how much bench, bench points that they got for both games combined? Oh, I know the answer. It's one bench What's point. What's the answer? It's one single one. bench point the entire time. Like, that is insanity for me. And in contrast to how the ladies play uh, for the Jays, we're going to talk about that in, in a little bit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. One bench point is, is really tough. That's something that we should kind of be concerned about going into next year. Uh, where is the Jays going to find that depth? Because obviously injuries, they've been riddled with it this year. Obviously, knock on wood, <laughs> knock on wood, that that doesn't happen, right? But, yeah. I mean, it's the game of basketball. These, these things are liable to happen in the game of basketball. It's a physical sport. Uh, at any point, it could be somebody's, you know, I, I guess turn, if for lack of a better term. Uh, it's going to be their turn to be heard and to be out and someone else is going to have to step up for them to play as well as they did, as tough as they did in a seven-man rotation that turned to six and only have one point off the bench throughout the entirety of the tournament is very concerning. But, I mean, those guys who were on the floor, they were balling to be able to, yeah. to, to keep the Jays afloat. So 
I mean, that, that's also something that we should also take into consideration when we when we think about things in this manner. But if I'm a Jays fan in the future, I'm really worried about the depth. Obviously, we lose Sharif for essentially the entirety of the year. I think he only got three or four games under his belt this year. Uh, Andre Nikoshvili is going to come back and be a better player. Uh, but I'm looking at who are we going to develop in the summertime in order to fill in those roles because we are losing uh, two senior starters in Hawkins and O'Connell. Uh, so we're going to have those two spots to fill. Who are we recruiting? Who is going to be, you know, on campus for the Jays? Who are we developing in the offseason that's going to be able to take a load off, off the guys who are starting and the guys who are playing those heavy minutes? We know Trey Alexander is probably going to be one of those guys who's going to slide up into that starting uh, spot, probably taking O'Connell's spot, right, if, if we're projecting a little bit here. Uh, we're assuming it's going to be Nemhard, Hawkins, Kaluma, Kalkbrenner, and who's going to be that that fifth guy we have yet to see. Uh, but it, it's it's going to be interesting going, going forward for the Jays. Um, but one bench player for the tournament is, is not looking too good. You can't imagine. So I don't know about the TV broadcast, but that bothered me so much in the stadium. Like every two minutes, they'd flash up there, like Creighton bench points, Kansas bench points. It'd be like 0 to 15, 0 to 20, 0 to 25. I'm like, right. No, I'm not trying to dish on the guys, but like we're not playing a bench. We're playing five right. guys. So, you know, maybe you also flash up there how many minutes the starters are playing because uh, it's not taking <laughs> or how about How about flash up the starters point, right? I, we would definitely yeah. outscoring their starters for sure, right? If, They're if, outscoring if, their if bench is outscoring us so much. <laughs> so I was, you know, getting a little bothered in the stadium. I was like, come on, you know, don't do us like that. Because yeah. uh, everybody hey. contributed, right? There's no bums. We, it's not like we don't have guys on the bench who, who are coming in and being big. Talk about Fizel. Talk about Roddy Alexander coming in this year. Um, but, you know, I know you got the inside scoop, so I'd be interested going forward. You're the – I think fans looking in have never really gotten a chance to see Christophilus, Cancelaris, uh, you know, guys coming off the bench. Uh, anybody you're looking at this next year who might be a big piece that we haven't really seen much of? So who I was pretty impressed with in the summertime, not only with his play, the little bit of practices that I got to participate and watch – uh, was Christophilus. Uh, Coach Mack was pretty high on him. In fact, uh, even pulled me to the side a couple of times. It was just like, hey, just look at this guy. He's a really good shooter. If we get his defense uh, under control and, and put him in the right spots, I think he's somebody that's going to really be able to help us. So as the year has gone by, I was pretty surprised to see him not be able to crack the rotation full time. He played in a couple of games, uh, was, brought, was brought in to help give a spark every once in a while, but uh, after, you know, let's call it the first dozen games, you kind of saw, oh, this man is not ready to crack that rotation just yet. And he gets hurt. Uh, we don't see him for the rest of the season as well. So he's someone that I'm thinking Coach Rank is going to put a lot of emphasis on as far as his development comes in the summertime leading up to next season, someone that's going to be able to help the Jays. Uh, I, I, a guy that likes to get up 6 a.m., 7 a.m. to get my shots up on campus, that's when you usually find me. And a guy that was consistently in the gym, walking in at the same time or maybe half an hour after me was Christophilus. He was in there working on his game uh, just about as much as I was, which is every day around that time. So uh, that's who I would place my money on. Um, we know that Mason Miller is a, a big time recruit who's redshirting uh, this year. Uh, we're going to see, you know, how much his development uh, or how much development he's had throughout the year as a redshirt player to play on the scout team. Uh, the thing that Coach Mack really does well with his players that he retreats is he really gives them offensive possessions on scout team. Uh, so a guy like Mr. Miller was probably put in many different situations where he came off ball screens. He had a chance to really show up and show out uh, on a day-by-day basis because that was, you know, that was his NCAA tournament game is going up against those guys that practice every day. So uh, I'm excited to see where he's going to be at in his development and how he can help the Jays in the future. Aside from those two guys, uh, I just really don't know who else will be ready to step up. Um, but again, that is what this time of the year is for. The guys who didn't play so much, they have from right here, right now, up until the start of Blue Jay Madness next October, to really get better. You're talking about five-ish months of, of big-time development if they do it the right way, so... Uh, I'm excited to see who is going to be. And, and the motivation for these guys who didn't play a lot this year is that there are some guys leaving. There are some spots getting filled. 
you saw what happens when you go out and you start to play well. Coach Mack trusts you exponentially more, a.k.a. Trey Alexander, to the tune of coming off the bench to start the year, getting more and more minutes and getting more and more trust from the coaching staff as the years progress. Starting point guard goes down. You now have the keys to the offense. You help us advance in the first round of the NCAA tournament by knocking down big shots and big free throws down the stretch. So if a player like Trey Alexander could do it, their motivation should be like, hey, look in the mirror. Let's man up. I can do this as well if I put in the work. Definitely. And, you know, the, the lack of bench scoring and, and contribution deep in the tournament, right, should be somewhat of a concern. But it makes me think back to a year ago from where we were at this point. And what did we think about this team? I mean, we were thinking, who's going to score? We don't. Right. No, nobody coming back, right? Sharif, who we've seen a little bit. Lo- nobody lo- losing the top six guys, basically. We had not seen Kalkbrenner. It was just like averaging like 10 minutes a game. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying we're going to find another Kalkbrenner somewhere on the bench this year. But, uh, you know, we've if there's any year that should instill a little confidence that we can get over these concerns in an offseason, it should be this year. Today's episode of the Welcome to the J podcast is sponsored by Honey the easiest way to save money when shopping on your phone or on your computer. Have you ever been in this spot? You're shopping for something online. You get to the checkout and it asks you for a promo code. You start Googling, trying to find a way to save some money. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past because Honey is a free tool that scours the internet for you and finds the best fit in your cart. Here's how it works. You're shopping, you check out, the Honey button pops up, you click apply coupons, you wait a few seconds, and you watch the price you pay go down. I've been a personal user of Honey for a while now. Uh, I'm a big sneakerhead, as a lot of you guys know. Anytime I'm on Foot Locker, Champs, whenever I'm ready to check out, Honey's button just pops up. I just have to click it, make sure that I apply all those uh, coupons to be saved. Few days later, bada boom, bada bing, the shoes come up to my apartment and they're way cheaper than what they would have been had I not have Honey already downloaded on my computer. So if you don't already have Honey, you could be missing out big time. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. I never recommend something I don't use. Get Honey for free and join honey.com slash March Madness. That's joinhoney.com slash March Madness. Another guy that we're going to see make a big leap or at least a step towards becoming a better player, a better leader is Rati. I really enjoyed his energy coming off the bench. He did never shied away from a defensive uh, assignment, always looking to pick up the best play on the other team or whoever Coach Magnista just placed him on, whoever got hot that night. Rati was for sure excited about the prospects of guarding that type of player even when he was giving up size, even when he was giving up speed, he always gave his best effort. Say what you want about his offensive game, which is not polished by any stretch of the imagination right now. Again, he's got five to six months to really get himself right. Uh, I'm sure he's looking at his performance in the NCAA tournament. He's just like, there's some spots where I could have helped the team. I didn't knock down shots. I wasn't in the right spots, yada, yada, yada. All that stuff could be rectified, brother, if you just sleep in the gym all day, every day and work on your game. So uh, those guys are going to be fired up, motivated, because uh, I think especially in that freshman year or in your first year of playing, you, you just you really don't know what to expect. By the time you get to January, like you don't even necessarily really think about it. You're just trying to win the games that are right in front of you. They're going to have a chance not to reflect, see how good this team really was. Uh, obviously, they lose Hawkins, O'Connell. That's going to be really tough for the Jays to replace Fizel as a presence off the bench is going to be really tough for the Jays to replace. But now they have expectations on their shoulders. So it's going to be exciting to see how they're going to accept it. First of all, accept it. Second of all, work towards getting better. And then third, when it's time next year to really show up and show out. Yeah. And I, you know, certainly there were spots where he lacked a little polish, like you mentioned, but not to be a broken record, but so impressive to me, and he was a guy who played a game. There's a game in December. I forget which one. He played like 15 minutes, and I was shocked. I was like, they left Raleigh in for a while there. Like, that's much more than we've seen of him. And he's out here playing number one Kansas, getting, you know, 25 minutes. I mean, right. certainly we, we're hoping for a little bit of improvement over the offseason, but it got to be proud with that type of contribution for someone who is not expecting to be thrown into this role. So the Jays end up losing to Kansas down the stretch. Valiant effort from the boys. Uh, 79 to 72 was the final score. 
uh, it was really in the final minute and a half or so that Kansas was able to extend that lead to five plus and just kind of kept the Jays at, at an arm's length from there on out. But if you watch the entirety of that game, that was a nip and tuck game back and forth, uh, big time possessions offensively and defensively from the boys. Just when you're playing six guys, eventually I think a little bit of fatigue got to them uh, near the end of that second half. And the Jays being the experience, or not the Jays, sorry, the Jayhawks being the experienced team that they are, were able to just capitalize in certain situation um, and pull away from the Jays just just enough um, to be able to move on to the Sweet 16. So congrats to the Jayhawks. Big time shout out to the Jays. The boys really made the fan base extremely proud uh, this year. And again, you guys are leaving us wanting more because we see the success that you're able to have in most of you guys, especially in year, you guys are going to stick together and, and be even better next year. That's the expectation. And now it's up to you guys to work on your craft, work on your game uh, in order to meet those expectations. Any last words before we move on to the lady side of things? Because those girls were just hooping this weekend. So I definitely want to get into that. I will say all props to the Jayhawks, right? Great game. Um, you see that seven point loss in the box score, but what it doesn't tell you is that a minute left, we're down one. And uh, I'm there in Dickey Stadium in Fort Worth. And that Kansas section is pretty quiet. The amount of trash they were talking before the game, I mean, they were pretty quiet. They were pretty worried. So, you know, yeah. this Jays team, uh, they wanted all the smoke. And they deserve the respect. Uh, great showing. Um, we got another great Jays team to talk about who, who did come out with a huge win. I mean, holy cow. Big time performances by the ladies, the Jays going down to Iowa City. Uh, we're going to get into that second game, but first we got to get to how they got there versus Colorado in Iowa City. They win by 10, 84, 74, which I thought was maybe Coach Plan's best planned game uh, up to the point this year. It, it seemed like everything that he was throwing at Colorado was working, the ball movement, the player movement. They were able to get easy looks. They were able to execute. They were able to knock down shots. Uh, Big-time performance by Morgan Malley. 20 points, 8 rebounds off the pitch. That's that's 19 more points than the chase. That's a men's team. Oh, come right on. There. If I know I'm throwing shots. I'm throwing shots. I know mm. I am, and I know I'm probably going to get killed for this. But, hey, I have to say, this is the contrast, uh, you know, in, in both mm. teams is the depth of the, of the ladies' team is exceptional. It has been exceptional all year. And I think that's what makes them such a uh, alive and dangerous team in this NCAA tournament because at any point, at any minute, another girl could step up and show out. In this game, it was Morgan Malley off the bench. Uh, not to be outdone by uh, Molly Morganson, 16 points by her off the bench as well. So they combined for 36 points off the bench in that first game against Colorado. Uh, what's your take? Oh, I mentioned Coach Flan. Coach Flannery, who, whose plan was executed to perfection by the ladies. But what was your take in that first game versus Colorado? I mean, all the props to Flan. I mean, we've talked about Flan on the pot before. Um, mm -hmm. right? He knows what he's doing. What a class act. Incredible coach. But this team is so much fun to watch because it's such a team game, like you mentioned. You don't know who's going to step up. Um, but also the intelligence offensively is incredible. Um, both the team leads the, leads the nation in assists per game and also assist a turnover ratio. Um, I think also leading the nation in three-pointers made. Um, and then the other day, uh, broke the Blue Jay women's record for three-pointers in a season. Um, right, so a really fun team to watch on the offensive end. They don't make mistakes often, and they really can create something out of nothing. Uh, and then you mentioned Morgan Molly and Molly Mogensen. Um, I had countless games this year where maybe Ronasek's not firing on all cylinders, or, you know, Rembo has had her, her struggles with shooting throughout the year, but... Uh, Mogensen is such a spark plug. Um, and Morgan Molly, right? What a blessing to have a big who can just hit it from anywhere. Um, so, you know, I could see this team making a run because they just, they've got all the pieces, right? If you commit all your defense to Rembaugh and Ronasek, uh, you can't just, you know, let the other sag off. There's a, there's a lot of weapons. I think they really showed that against Colorado. What I loved about that game, especially, is just the look on some of the players on Colorado's faces. Anytime they pulled anywhere close to Jace, which is able to pull away every single time. And you can just kind of see down the stretch the deflated look on the ladies' face on the Colorado team. As a competitor, as a player, that's what I kind of live for. When I look at the opposite team and they look defeated, 
the Jays were able to certainly do that to Colorado in the first game. And, and as a fan, as a player, it was, I, I was loving every minute. Of it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's a, it, it was an exciting game for sure. And uh, of course, like the ladies going into the tournament were very confident. They had showed up uh, pretty well throughout the season. They had been prepared for this moment. Uh, they're able to go to Iowa and beat Colorado in their first game. We got to move on to the second game. Any last notes that you want to make about this Colorado defeat? I'm just saying, talk about looks of defeat. Let's fast forward to that next game in that stadium, <laughs> packed with yellow. I, you know, it was kind of fun to watch. So this is maybe one of the better games on either side, either the women's or the men's table. Um, I think there's a lot of high hopes, obviously, for Caitlin Clark. She's a superstar in the women's game. Uh, but the Jays hold her to a season-low 15 points, if I'm not mistaken. What a game it was in Iowa City versus Iowa for a chance to go to the Sweet 16 for the first time in Jays history. The ladies were able to pull it out, 64-62. to 62. All right. There's so much that we could talk about, but I think we need to get down to the nitty-gritty of that last shot by Lauren Jensen. An Iowa transfer in Iowa City versus Iowa hits a big-time three at the top of the key to propel her team to the Sweet 16, essentially. The Jays had to get another stop after that. I'm surprised Iowa didn't go to Caitlin Clark. They tried to use her as a decoy and try to get a deck and seal down the middle. Uh, the Jays were able to sniff that out, uh, challenge the shot, box out, get the rebound, and run over to the bench and celebrate right in front of the crowd and celebrate. That like that shot by Lauren Jensen, I have to say, has to be maybe the coldest shot in Lady J's history. I'd have to go back to the archives. I definitely don't want to okay. have a conversation with Rob Anderson about this. But would you agree with me to set the Jays to the, an upper, unprecedented situation, which is to go to the Sweet 16, for her to make that shot? against her old team to send her new team to the Sweet 16. That, that's about as cold as it gets, in my opinion. That's an iconic Creighton moment. We talk about you being up on the wall in the, uh, the athletic centers. <laughs> Warren Jensen's going to be on the wall for a few years. That, you know, I want to picture that shot myself. Uh, I, that is true, too. Like, I want to see that still when the ball's about halfway through going in or whatever. I want to see the reaction of the bench jumping up right when that ball goes through the hoop I think that's an iconic picture we need to find it I know it's out there somewhere but we need to find it and make sure that we plaster it up on the wall uh in the in the Lady J's practice facility for sure uh but again what was your take on the Iowa game obviously a big time win for Flan uh bringing the Jays to uncharted territory so to speak it was huge I mean we talk about toughness on the men's side right but here's a an Iowa women's team who's got Caitlin Clark who it'll be her second year leading uh women's basketball um, in points, Division One, and then I think she took the assist crown this year too, um, which is insane, right? I mean, she had a wonderful year, um, and they've also got a center who's leading uh, women's Division One in field goal percentage. So, you know, you ask, why don't they go to Clark on the last shot, which is a great question, but how do you not give to the person leading the nation in field goal percentage? Um, the Jays weathered the storm. I mean, impressive, right? For a team who maybe hasn't played that many top 10 teams, they played UConn, which is it's no easy task, but to get past an Iowa team like that, who was playing well, I mean, that Iowa team was, was getting what they wanted in the paint a lot of the time. Um, and I was really impressed with that toughness. And then, you know, making things click um, when you don't have size on the inside, which we've, hasn't really been an issue for much of the year. We've got Rana second Molly who, you know, can body down there and, and work with the post moves. Um, but what I thought watching the game was, you know, I know you and your conspiracy theories, Lauren Jensen, Iowa right. transfer, Hitting the three in <laughs> Iowa. I was like, there's no way Jay's not going to mention that. I got to bring it up for you. Well, conspiracy theories, like, let's be honest. I think the quote-unquote experts, again, expected Iowa to win this game. Who would they have faced in the next round, which is who the Jays are now going to face, would be Iowa State and Greensboro. <laughs> so conspiracy theories that I am. Oh, wow, a sweet 16 matchup between the two Iowa programs? Just so happened to fall on our lap. Come on now, y'all. Y'all set this up from the jump. But, aha, Lady J say, no, no, no. The conspiracy theories, we're going to Iowa City. We're going to beat Iowa in their home floor in front of that very hostile crowd, which is another thing that we definitely have to talk about. Like, to be able to do that in front of or in that environment is 
astounding. Like I've been in that position before as a player when essentially all odds are against you. And we also, I want to bring this up. I'm not sure if we're ready to bring this up yet, but why can't we find a more neutral side for these games to be played? Like literally I was playing at home in the NCAA tournament. Like I, but anyways, that, maybe that's a story for another day. But I couldn't believe it. Like, the, as soon as she made the shot, I'm looking at, like, nine camera shots of, like, mm-hmm. Iowa fans being sad and the team being sad. I'm like, can we show, like, the Blue Jays who just won, please? Like, let's Yeah, that's what that. I'm saying. Oh, God, but anyhow, now the Jays have a chance to go to Greensboro and play against Iowa State. And if they're able to win that game, I don't know, the, the ladies, you own the state of Iowa. <laughs> you own all the bragging rights. You own all the bragging rights against the state of Iowa. Jeez. They're not allowed to say nothing to you. Like, that. that's my perspective on it. I love it. That uh, scrimmage they do next year is going to be a little heated, though. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, it is. It, I, I, would I like to be a fly on the wall for that close scrimmage for sure? Uh, but the next time that the Jays will be on the court will be next Saturday against Iowa State in Greensboro, North Carolina. Blue Jay Nation in North Carolina. I know y'all are out there because we're everywhere. Make sure you flood Greensboro. Uh, show the ladies all the love and support. They're certainly going to need it. Uh, they have a chance to get to the Elite Eight. Again, this is all uncharted territory for the Jays. They haven't reached those milestones before. The men were able to do it last year uh, since the reconfiguration of the NCAA tournament. The ladies are doing it this year. What a time to be alive and be a Jays fan right now for both basketball programs. Does anyone deserve this more than Coach Flan, though? Like, you want to talk about, like, a classy individual, the nicest man that you'll ever meet, uh, someone who doesn't cheat hard work, someone who comes prepared every time, and I know what he does behind the scenes to get this team prepared. I was just so happy to see that clip of him on, on our uh, ladies Twitter page when he goes back into the locker room and he's showered with water bottles and jumping up and down, giving his final speech to the girls, getting them fired up about booking their ticket to Greensboro. I'm just so happy for Flan. And I know that you've obviously uh, had a chance to not only play for the team, uh, and, and interact with Flan every once in a while. How happy are you, obviously, for him to be able to hit this milestone? So happy. And it's, you know, people around here love Flan, and they get it, and they know what kind of guy he is. And you see all those tweets every week, every time, you know, we, he hits something like this. Um, but definitely excited, right, because he deserves some of that national recognition. McDermott gets a little bit. He gets his flowers every time. We have an amazing team that, that shakes things up. But I think Flan hasn't gotten that huge recognition um, and he definitely deserves it with the way he's run this team. I mean, they've had a great year. Um, you know, when you think about what he's given to Creighton, you could look at 20 years as a head coach, but he's been contributing to the women's program long before that. Mm-hmm. Right? Long before that. Playing with them, he was scrimmaging, coaching up. I mean, he has contributed more to the women's program, you know, than I, I think just about any coach in the country has contributed to any one program. Um, I know that's a big statement, but, I mean, there's a guy who is absolutely Creighton, so couldn't be happier. Um, what a great person to represent the university in the city. Um, I mean, this is an amazing moment and uh, hoping for another one this weekend. I mean, you remember when we had Raz on the show, uh, former AD Bruce Rasmussen. He was obviously glowing about Flan. That was, uh, I think, his first hire as AD, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and it was because Flan was the type of guy who had been helping the women's program since his underground days. He came and he practiced with them, helped them get better every day. Uh, obviously uh, parlayed his way a little bit into becoming an assistant coach and then head coach once Bruce became AD. And he's been rocking with the girls for forever now. His track record speaks for itself. The ladies speak glowingly of him. He's only had two transfers in the last, what, like 15-some, 16-some years? Like, that is unheard of, especially in this day and age where as soon as student athletes feel like, oh, this is not going right for me, they transfer out of their situations and look for greener pastures in other situations. I think that is why he's able to attract someone like a Lauren Jensen who hit maybe the biggest shot in women's basketball history the other night uh, is because of you know his personality, his, the way that he goes about coaching, his relationships with the girls. It goes so much further and beyond what he does as a basketball coach. He, he really is that personable of a person 
that has really great relationships with the girls and look no further than alumni week and when all when all those ladies come back like they go they come back from all over the place to come back and, and make sure to support the program um so yeah you're right like nationally Flam might not get his flowers when it comes to one of the better coaches uh on the women's side but <laughs> you look what he's done with this team offensively you mentioned that they beat the three-point record for the Jays all time uh I've been someone that has seen his offense develop uh more and more as the as these seasons have gone on I think he's fine-tuned his offense right now they look as good as they've ever have as far as I'm concerned and Whew, Iowa State, you, you guys better be ready because we got some Jays flying through and they're flying high for sure. I mean, I know we're a, a 10 seat, but if you're Iowa State, how are you not scared? Right. I mean, you watch that Blue Jay team and you think 10 seed when you watch them. And, you know, a, a team that's leading the country in threes and assists and assist to turnover ratio. I mean, what more would you want in March? I mean, that is a winning formula. Right. Uh, and if I'm Iowa State, I'm pretty concerned about how to stop that offense. And you talked about Tatum not even really hitting, hitting her stride as a scorer yet. We know that she's able to fill it up. She hasn't really done that. The team has picked her up. But the thing about her that I love is she can do so much more other things on the court. She'll rebound for you. She'll obviously get assists for you. She doesn't just turn the ball over too much, which is great in March. That's exactly what you want in March. It's a lead guard who's able to run the show, place people in the right positions, And when the time calls for it, we have trust in her that she's going to be able to get her own uh, and, and make some shots here down the stretch. So the Jays live to fight another weekend. Uh, again, if you're part of Blue Jay Nation out in North Carolina, or you know what, in the South down there, anywhere close to down there, drive over, fly over, support the Jays. Uh, they're going to need your love uh, for sure. Uh, make sure to show up and show out. Be loud, be proud, obviously. Uh, and Jays, we're all rooting for you from, from all over the globe. I'm in Poland rooting for you guys. So Y'all going to have me sing up at 1 a.m. I, I would love for these words to keep rolling through. No pressure, though. No pressure. <laughs> uh, so you, we saw the plan. We saw the video of Flan obviously celebrating in the locker room. I definitely have to mention this last video. And we're going to kind of end our podcast on this happy note. Uh, first of all, congratulations to Coach Carly Berger, who uh, is a mother now. Congratulations, Carly. <laughs> uh, gave uh, birth to her son, Luke, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, and she was not able to attend the NCAA tournament, but she was able to celebrate with her team a little bit. Uh, we saw it on Twitter again on the women's page, um, on the women's basketball page. As soon as they got off the bus, all of the girls ran over at DJ Sokol Arena to Carly, who was waiting for her with tears in her eyes. She's a former player. Uh, she's been an assistant for how long now? I want to say for about seven, eight or seven years now or seven or eight years, I should say. Uh, she's seen, you know, where the program was as far as the Missouri Valley Conference School. We always rub the valley on this podcast, as you can see by the flag behind me. For the ladies to go to the Big East, uh, for her to be a part of that whole transition and for her to help plan and the rest of the coaching staff get to their first ever Sweet 16, something that she wasn't able to experience as a player, obviously, but she's able to experience as, as a coach. I just thought it was fitting for her to be around the team obviously she wasn't able to do it as far as traveling is with them but she definitely took that opportunity as soon as they got back to Omaha she was right there front and center uh and, and she certainly deserved her class so congrats Carly congrats to the team that was one of the most heartwarming videos that we saw all weekend I'm sure you saw that video too was what was your reaction as soon as you saw it I almost shed a tear I'm not gonna lie you know you go to <laughs> Iowa and you see all the, the X's and O's success but like looking at this program's culture and how special that moment had to be for her and, and the players run into her. I mean, that's special, right? That's hard to replicate. So couldn't be more proud of the ladies and, and congrats to Carly. And had to be a wonderful weekend for her. Yeah, for sure. Shout out Coach Flan. Shout out Coach Berger. Shout out to the ladies. Keep representing. We're definitely going to keep watching. Uh, this is going to be it for us. Uh, we're definitely going to tune in next year. and see, Or not next year, I should say. Uh, tune in next week. We're not done yet. Tune in next week to see how the ladies uh, performed. Uh, we're going to get back to having, uh, I love having you on the show, Jack, obviously, but we're going to get other guests on the show um, and, and to speak more Jays basketball. We're going to have a bigger outlook on the season that it was uh, and what the Jays have going forward as far as the men's program is concerned. And obviously we're going to root that the ladies continue their winning success so that we could talk about them next week and see if they can hopefully maybe get to a final four. Who knows? Maybe one of the better offensive 
not maybe, definitely one of the better offensive systems out there that is still playing right now. Uh, and again, the ladies going to uncharted waters as they head to the Sweet 16 for the first time in program history. Before we sign off, Jack, is there anything else that needs to be said? Great play. I mean, couldn't fans shouldn't be any more proud of these Jays. I mean, both programs, wonderful years. And, and you know, it, I think everybody was impressed, hopefully not surprised, but uh, roll Jays, baby. What a year. Roll Jays. Nothing like the pride that I feel is overwhelming. Obviously, I'm more on the men's side for sure because I play for the program. I know what kind of goes uh, in and around that program. So I feel so much pride with how they're able to execute down the stretch this year. I know this season is now over for the men's team, but the future is certainly bright. Put your shades on, Jays fan, because the future is certainly bright. And then on the women's side, man, how exciting it is to finally like hit that milestone. And, you know, these are kind of like the milestones that like, at the time, yeah, we're celebrating it and, and it feels really good to finally like get, get by and get through to that stage. But what it'll do for the girls' future as far as like the program is concerned, how Flan is going to be able to recruit off of this milestone and bring even more and more talent into the fold. That's what I'm most excited, excited about. That's what I'm saying. The future is really about for both uh, teams because like this is the stuff that coaches, recruiters use in the offseason to attract better uh, bigger talent to Omaha. And I think that the Jays are definitely on the precipice on both the men and the women's side to really do some big things in the future. So it's going to be really exciting. We're definitely going to have to stay tuned. I hope you guys stay tuned here on the Welcome to the J podcast with me uh, as I try to my best to deliver my most biased, <laughs> my most obviously biased commentary on what the Jays are up to. Uh, so Jack, again, any last words? No, you're, you're all set. Future's looking bright, man. Future's looking by. I appreciate you, brother. I, I know it's going to be tough for you to put down the jumpsticks and no longer, you know, rep the Jays the way that you do. But I know you're going to be a lifelong fan. You've been a lifelong fan. So I know that's not going to stop. But uh, again, like the journey that you have been on, which is a little bit different than what the students athlete, student athletes have done, that doesn't mean that it shouldn't, you shouldn't be giving your flowers for the work that you put in and the time that you put in to support your the Jays in your own unique way. So I want to thank you, brother. It, it's not gone underappreciated for sure. Uh, and that's not only to you, but all the other senior band members uh, who are going to be graduating this year are no longer going to be partaking in the experience that is playing for the, for the band. Dude, appreciate it. Appreciate it a ton. It's been a lot of fun. And of course, you're the best producer in the nation. I have to say that. This is a very biased podcast, you guys. You guys should know that by now. Obviously. <laughs> All right. We are going to sign out of here. I appreciate all you guys listening, taking the time out of your day to listen to little old me. I've been your host, Johannes Manica. This has been my producer, Jack Hanson-Reed. Appreciate you, pal. Uh, we will see you soon, obviously. And as always, make sure you guys stay safe. Go support the ladies in Greensboro and go Jays.